Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. We're so pumped to be in church this morning. It's Communion Sunday, and I love Communion Sunday. I love when we get to take a moment and remember Jesus. You know, communion is the one thing, it's one of the many things we do, but it's one of the things we do on a regular basis that unites the body of Christ across ages, across denominations, across beliefs, across age groups, where no matter what your background, no matter what your current circumstance, we can take a moment to remember Jesus, where we are united together under that one name, the name that is above every other name, the name that is more powerful than your circumstance, the name that is more powerful than whatever it is that you're facing, the name that is more powerful than a terminal disease, the name that is more powerful than death, than delay, than depression, the name that is more powerful than a pandemic. His name is Jesus. And I love a communion to focus on Him. And you know, the only thing that communion requires is not that you had a great week. I love Pastor Luke's thought that we get a moment of gratitude. Communion doesn't require that the prayer you prayed last week to be better that you had a 100% hit rate this week doesn't require you being in church a certain amount of time. Communion requires that we remember Jesus and Him crucified. He paid the ultimate price for you and for I to live in freedom and to have a hope for tomorrow. Our hope isn't based on circumstance. Our hope is based on the person of Jesus. You know, when Jesus gave us communion, it's a gift. It's not a religious thing. Rain check. Not rain check. What, uh, something check. Pastor Paul didn't come up with communion. The Pope didn't come up with communion. The fathers of the church didn't come up with communion. Jesus gave us communion as a gift. In Luke 22, Jesus and his disciples were having a meal together. They're just hanging out. Something they did a whole bunch of times. It wasn't abnormal for them. It was a relational moment. And in the middle of that relational moment, Jesus broke in. And in Luke 22, verse 19, he says this. He took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body. Not taken by an enemy, but given for you do this in remembrance of me you know today I want to focus the next few minutes around this simple thought remember this remember this Father I pray that in these moments as we remember Jesus We've already taken communion, but communion is so much more than a moment in the service. It's a commitment through every season of life to remember Jesus and everything that He has done. In 
Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, my daughter, she's 20 years old. She just finished her degree in creative writing. And uh, I was reading through some of her short stories, and this one captured me. I want to read it to you. It says this. Most kids have a grandma who's little and sweet, who bakes them cookies, pinches their cheeks, spends every evening watching the news or doing knitting or needlepoint or something alike. Not me. I didn't have one of those grandmas. Instead, I had Grandma June. She was neither little or sweet. She wouldn't have pinched, she, she would have punched anyone who called her little or sweet also. She was less like a grandma and more like a paranoid survivalist uncle, living way out in the WAPs, always emailing me articles about some celebrity or some other person who was a part of a secret society. She never baked cookies, she never pinched my cheeks, and she watched the news, and she'd spend the whole time telling us why it was a lie. Grandma June had a lot of rules. When you're driving, indicate the wrong way so no one knows where you're going. Don't believe that anyone landed on the moon unless you were there by yourself. But for a favorite saying, it was always, keep money in your left shoe. She said it every time she came to visit. And whenever I left her house, she'd holler, have you got money in your shoe? For the most part, I ignored it. But Grandma's Ju Grandma June's rules were like a little kid's made-up game. There was no sense to them. And if you had tried to argue, they just end up so she'd just end up sulking in the corner sometimes. Sometimes you'd have to indulge them to, to avoid the sulk. So occasionally I'd answer the question by stuffing a $5 note in the bottom of my shoe. If I was lucky, I'd remember to take it out when I got home. If I was unlucky, I'd lose five bucks. But it was a small price to pay, one that I never thought would actually come in handy. I was out late one night, a long shift at work and an even longer trip home uh, to look forward to. In a daze, I hopped off the bus and waited for my next one. It wasn't until the next one arrived that I'd realized I'd left my bag on the bus. My bag with my phone, my wallet, and goodness knows what else. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to get on the bus without paying and without a phone, and I couldn't call anyone because my phone was in my bag. It wasn't safe to walk home that, that late. I was out of all options until I remembered Grandma June. The bus driver gawked at me as I took my left shoe off. I trumped inside and triumphantly pulled out a $5 note. Apparently, some of Grandma's June's rules weren't that crazy after all. That's cool. But I'm not talking to you today about Grandma June and a $5 note and remembering when you've left your bus on the bag on the bus. I'm talking to us today about remembering Jesus in every circumstance. And whatever it is that you're facing, he is the answer to get you out. Whatever it is that you're facing, he is the answer to get you through. That if we would remember him and him crucified, there is nothing that can stop us. You know that word remembrance where Jesus said, remember me. It's a Greek word called amoniasis. It actually means to deliberately recall or to turn my mind towards. There's actually a high level of personal involvement. You know, remembering is not passive, it's active. 
And, and when it comes to communion, don't, don't wait for Pastor Luke to get up here or whoever it was in your campus or your local to give us a thought about communion. R- remember that Monday through Friday, we remember Jesus. Whatever it is that I'm facing, I remember Jesus, that I need to actively turn my mind towards who Jesus is. That I don't accidentally remember but I need to actively remember him. You know, God's been so clearly speaking to us as a church over these last few weeks. Two weeks ago, Pastor Luke preached a word called Ready, Set, Remain. That wasn't a message for a Sunday. That was a message for our church in this season, to remain in him, to remain in who Jesus is. And then last week, Pastor Paul talked about having the now word of God and establishing our divine supply. If you missed any of those messages, I wanna encourage you, jump on to the podcast and listen to them. But this is what communion is all about. It's about the intentional decision to turn our mind towards Jesus. Friend, look at me for a moment. What would your circumstance look like if you got your eyes off the doctor's report if you got your eyes off the bank belt, now we need to look at those things, but if we stopped being consumed with them, eyes off social media, eyes off what all the people around me are saying and chose to turn our minds on Jesus, how would it change your today? How would it change my tomorrow? 1 Corinthians chapter one says this, because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, so that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Friend, I don't know what your circumstance is. I don't know what your background is. I don't know whether you've achieved heights in the sporting career that you set out for. I don't know whether you've achieved the heights in business or whatever it is that you're looking for, but you've got a reason to boast today and it's not in our own strength. It's in who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. Let's remember him and everything. I'm gonna read the same passage out of the message, but I'll read a few more verses starting in verse 26. Take a good look, friends at who you were when you got called into this life. I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you. Well, there's some bright and some best here, especially in Tauranga. Not many influential, influential and not many from high society families. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses chose these nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies. That makes it quite clear that none of you can get by with blowing your own trumpet before God. Everything we have, right thinking, right living, a clean slate, a fresh start, comes from God by way of Jesus. That's why I've been saying, if you're going to blow your horn, if you're gonna boast, boast in him. You know, 1 Corinthians reminds us of the gift of Jesus and not that the gift of Jesus was a gift 2,000 years ago that ceased to have relevance the minute he went to heaven, but the gift of Jesus that has a huge relevance and impact on my today. That in my moment, in 2022, 
two years into a pandemic, two years into uh, the globe facing something that it's never seen before and all sorts of interpretations. In the middle of all of that, who Jesus is makes a difference. It's real sobering, this scripture here that says, hey, when you came to him, you weren't a whole lot, but because of him, you've got a bright hope and a bright future. Is there anyone in central or north or south or west or Tauranga or any of our locals who thanks God that because of Jesus, I've got a bright future. It's not on me. It's not on a vaccine. It's not on a government. It's not on a pandemic ending. It's on Jesus and who he is and who he has become in me. Yeah, Pastor Paul here, uh, Pastor Paul, Pastor Paul, Apostle Paul, you know. The Apostle Paul here is writing to the Corinthian church in Corinth. And Corinth was a prosperous city. It was a port city. It, it had a whole bunch of different uh, nationalities and a whole bunch of different thoughts and a whole bunch of different uh, origins and a whole bunch of different people groups coming and amalgamating in this melting pot called Corinth. That meant there was a whole bunch of ideologies, a whole bunch of ideas, a whole bunch of gods, a whole bunch of ways that you could follow. And society, everyday life was fractured in Corinth. People had different political views. People had different views on what was happening in society. And the reason the Apostle Paul was writing 1 Corinthians here, his main concern was the unity of the church. That regardless of what you think about a whole bunch of stuff, if we bring it back to Jesus, we're together. If we bring it back to who he is, we're together. If we bring it back to the fact that he is Lord and he is God, we are together. And the Apostle Paul was fighting for the unity of the church. Sounds kind of familiar. A whole bunch of ideas, a whole bunch of interpretations, a whole bunch of, yeah, this is that and this is that. Friend, let's take a moment to take our eyes off all of that and bring it back to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the one who has the next step for every single one of us. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 and 31 in the message. Everything we have. Right thinking, right living, a clean slate, a fresh start, comes from God by way of Christ Jesus. That's why we have the saying, if you're going to blow a horn, blow a trumpet for God. You know, today I want to, cause us to remember a couple of things. Number one, remember this, in him is right thinking. In him is wisdom. In him is right thinking. I gotta ask myself all the time as, as life gets busy and man, I'm a dad and I'm a husband and I'm a leader here at church and I carry responsibilities. How often do I stop and ask God for wisdom? Like, just do a bit of an inventory and think back out of everything that you faced. When was the last time you stopped and said, God, what's your answer for this? God, what's your viewpoint on this? God, what's my reaction and my response to this? Because uh, I love it in the, the Old Testament. There was a guy by the name of Solomon, and God came to Solomon and said, you can have wisdom, you can have riches, or you can have power. And Solomon said, give me wisdom. And out of wisdom, he gained riches. And out of wisdom, he gained influence. Because wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is our ability 
to take the God truth and outwork it in today's reality. To take ancient truths and apply them to my today reality. You know, uh, as a parent, how many feel really out of depth as a parent? The rest of you either aren't parents or I need to come to your house. Uh, uh, there are so many times where I look at my kids and what they're going through and I think, good Lord, what do I do here? I didn't grow up having to navigate how many hours on social media do you spend? I didn't grow up having to navigate at what age do I get an Instagram account? I didn't grow up telling my parents that COVID had ruined my life because Fuse was supposed to start last week and I couldn't do Fuse because of COVID. True story happened in my house last week. I remember Judah, uh, maybe 12 months ago, Judah's this happy-go-lucky, life-of-the-party, fun kid, and he'd lost that spark. And in fact, worse than that, he'd become a little punk. Like, like just snappy, lippy, started to become like his mum. Maybe his dad. His sister, that's who he started to become like his sister. So one day we had a chat. Come on, you know those chats? Hey, you, me, we're having a chat. So we sat down and I started to talk about, mate, why is your behavior and why have you got so sarcastic and why, why do you have to fight back about everything? I know you're 10 and it's part of a rite of passage, but this is too far. Like, what's going on? I felt like the Holy Spirit say, ask him about his friends at school. And as I'm talking to him, I'm like, no, Holy Spirit, I got this. Like, we're getting somewhere here. We are drilling down on the real issue, which is his behavior in my house. Ask him about his friends at school. Hey, bud, talk to me about school. What's going on? Moment of silence. He's 11, little crocodile tear. Like, Dad, a couple of my friends told me I weren't good at scootering, and I'm the best. But he'd allowed a comment at school to get into his spirit, which filtered the way he heard how his parents and family who love him and are for him were talking to him. And he was responding out of that. For an 11-year-old, it's a scooter comment. For us, maybe if it's a performance review on your job, maybe it's a misunderstanding between you and your wife, husband, spouse. Maybe your kids are starting to do things you never thought they would do. Maybe... Life isn't going the way you thought it was going and all of a sudden, stuff starts kind of going off the rails. Can I encourage all of us this week? Ask God for right thinking. When I go to school, when I go to work, when I go home, God, give me right thinking so that I can ask the right questions so that we can get a God outcome, so that I can respond in the moment and bring God into the moment. One of our atmospheres here at Life is, sorry, one of our 
One of our values here at Life is atmosphere is our activity. Listen, that's not a church thing. That's an everywhere I go thing. Let me bring God into home. Let me bring God into my marriage. Let me bring God into my friendships wherever I go. Remember this, in Him is right thinking. This week, if you are struggling in your thinking, don't go to Dr. Phil, don't go to Oprah, don't go to social media. In Him is right thinking. Jesus, what are you saying in the fight of my life, in the circumstance I'm going through? What is my next step? Proverbs 24, 14 says this, in the same way, wisdom is sweet to your soul. If you find it, you'll have a bright future and your hopes will not be cut short. Remember, wisdom is found in Jesus. Number two, remember this, in him is right living. In him is right living. Religion would tell you, get it right so God will accept you. Relationship says, God speaking, come to me and I'll help you live in a way that benefits your future. You know, uh, Amanda and I, for the first 10 years of our marriage, probably 10 years, every time life got a bit stressful or Every time I felt overwhelmed, every time something would go wrong, my response was horrific. I was like Judah at 11 years old. I'd kind of pout. I'd disengage. Men's ministry would tell you I'd go into the cave, but I didn't go into the cave. I dug a hole. And I, I wouldn't know how to deal with it. I wouldn't know how to react. And this wouldn't last for 10 minutes. It would take me days to climb out of that. And the challenges that put in my relationship with Amanda, just in terms of a togetherness, and we're on the same page, I would disconnect from it, and I would back up from it. And, and it, would, it, would, it got to a point where I didn't know how to change it. I, I wasn't doing it because I was a jerk, although I was a jerk. I, w I was doing it because I didn't know any other way. I, was, I didn't grow up in a home where I was taught this is how you deal with pressure and this is how you deal with disappointment. And, and the home I grew up in, the way you dealt with it was violence and yelling. And I'm like, I'm not gonna be violent, I'm gonna yell, so I'll just withdraw, which in some cases is just as destructive as the violence and the yelling. So I went to a counselor and I went to my pastor and I went to Jesus and said, God, how do I overcome this? I don't know how to do anything else but back out of tough situations situations and over a period of time in Jesus I found the answer to how do I engage in those moments how do I use those moments to have a Bible moment that says if you love God he can bring good out of all things yes this is tough but let's look for the good Pastor Paul when he first got diagnosed with what he's going through said this we're going to find out what God is doing in this and we're going to get on board with it church listen to me in him is right living don't look for somewhere else. and It's not in your own strength. It's in Him is right living. It's a daily decision to live in Him. Micah 6.8 says this, He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your I don't know about you, but there are some people who I don't want to do justly with. I want to do justice on. 
just me. Maybe we should swap jobs. How do I live justly? How do I love mercy? How do I walk humbly with my God? Because I'm not that good. But friend, listen to me. He is. When I actively turn my eyes to Jesus, in Him is right living. Thirdly, remember this. In Him is a clean slate. It's sanctification. You're around here long enough, you'll hear this phrase, you were born for kingdom purpose. You were born to make a difference. You were born with a God call to do something with your life that has significance. You know the problem? I think so many people, they don't believe it because they don't believe in God. They don't believe it because they know themselves. Man, I know my thoughts and I know my history and I know my actions and I know what I've done in the past and they disqualify themselves where God is trying to bring out a call and a, and a birthplace of influence and impact and God's got a plan. But Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, not for the person next to you, for you, declares the Lord. Do you know that in him is the clean slate for me to walk away from everything of the past and walk into the future that God has for me? I don't have to clean myself up and fix myself up, but in him is sanctified. In him is a clean slate to move forward. Question, what would kingdom living look like in your world? Because please, if you're at a local, don't quit your job tomorrow and then go to Bible college if God's not calling you to do that. Tell everyone who says I'm called to ministry, step one, run. If you can't outrun it, then give in to it. Kingdom living is not a vocation. Kingdom living is a Christian call. Whatever you do, wherever you are, business owner, mum, checkout person at a supermarket, dentist, doctor, builder, plumber, uh, school person, school leaver, in between jobs, whatever it is that you are, there is a kingdom call on your life. What does it look like to activate a kingdom call? I was at a local coffee shop just the other day. I had one of my daughters with me, and uh, it's a new coffee shop. I've struck up a bit of a friendship with them. They're Japanese people, lovely, lovely people. I started talking to them. They're going on a trip. I told them some, hey, why don't you go see this and do that, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, I get back in the car, and my daughter says, Dad, why do you make friends with everyone everywhere you go? Like, stop talking to people, buy your coffee, get in the car, and go. there's a sense I'm not here to buy coffee I'm here to bring hope and and I don't have to preach and mention the name Jesus and go through the sinner's prayer and have a notch on the belt I just need to bring me and bring hope you know the guy who led me to the Lord was a milkman his name was Michael Crow gave me a job at 15 years old knew what was going on in my home knew what was happening in my home I'd never told anyone about the abuse and stuff that was going on in my home I remember one day 15 years old, sitting in Michael Crow's milk truck. He said, hey, mate, what's going on? For the first time in my life, I told another human about the reality of what was going on. For the first time in my life, I opened my life to Michael the milkman 
Not my youth pastor, I had one of those. Not my senior pastor, I had one of those. Not my connect group leader, I had one of those. But Michael the milkman, who loved God and made a commitment that God, every chance I get, I'm gonna use my milk run to bring your hope and your love to someone else. You know, when you remember Jesus, you remember you've got a clean slate to make a difference tomorrow. When you go out into the world, when you do your job, when you do whatever it is that you do, Jesus, how do I bring you to this environment? And lastly, remember this. In him, there is a fresh start. In him, there is a fresh start. You know, at the beginning of this service, Pastor Luke got up said, if you don't know Jesus, then today heaven's arms are open towards you. And I love that time in our service. Honestly, it's my favorite time in every single service we do where people respond. But I think sometimes if you've been in church a little while, you can leave that moment for a new Christian in a service 10 years ago. If you've been walking with Jesus for some significant period of time and you've got some regrets, number one, welcome to the club. And number two, your answer is the same answer the day you discovered Jesus. It's in Him. Remember, in Him is a fresh start. It's a new day. This week, would we make a commitment to actively turn our minds and remember Jesus? If it's been a while since you've asked Him for wisdom, ask Him for wisdom. If it's been a while since you've gone to work with a sense of mission, I'm going to work, I'm raising my kids, I'm dropping them off at school, I'm doing whatever not to fill a day before I get to church next week, but to bring the kingdom to where I am. In Him. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, church online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.